It's the Real Estate Podcast, across every state, city and town of Australia. And welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Podcast, available on iHeartRadio and also Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. Well, I trust your weekend is going well on this Sunday morning, the 10th of July for 2022. Because it is the weekend, the RBA can't sneak in a rate rise hike, because it really has got to that, hasn't it? Meaning that you wake up on a weekday and wonder whether today is the day that you will have to find more money for your mortgage repayments as a result of a 25 or 50 basis points rise. At least in the weekend, there are two days that you can somewhat relax a little and probably also immediately after a rate rise like last week, knowing that another rate rise is probably coming in another four to five weeks. You know, mental health, we've talked about this before on the podcast, it's a real factor in the equation of people now living in a rising cash rate environment. It's all about consolidating your position and fighting on, bloody fighting on in some cases, and surviving this barrage of financial instability and uncertainty. And I'm sure that already this weekend there's been many, many roundtable discussions with families up and down the country talking about how they're going to navigate through this moment. And it's not an easy time. And if you know of somebody who has mortgaged themselves heavy to get into their first property especially, just being a good friend to talk to and letting them vent off to you will be unbelievably beneficial for them because you need your mates in times like these and whether you realise it or not your mates will be hoping for some understanding and support from you so don't be backwards in coming forward see how your mate is getting on this weekend Grab your coffee and switch on your real estate breakfast every weekday morning from 6.30 It's the main centre forecast with propertybuyer.com.au And let's take a look at your weather around Australia. First we go to Sydney and the showers. They're back with a high of 17 degrees this morning. Melbourne a cloudy Sunday but should be a mainly dry day. That's the good news, 15 degrees. Brisbane expecting fine with blue skies and 20 degrees is your forecast top. And in Perth today expect the showers to ease and your high of 18 degrees. From first home buyers to property investors and everything in between. Every morning on the Real Estate Podcast. It's your Real Estate Weekend Podcast in Review. What about people that are thinking about possible apartment living? There are several new apartment developments going on right now. There are. There's been a really big demand for apartment living, particularly within the centre of Batemans Bay CBD. There's quite a few, uh, one that's just about open for occupation. And then there's a few that are being sold off the plan at the moment. And then there'll be, there are others that are under construction. So there's been a very high demand for that convenient apartment living in the centre of Batemans Bay CBD. And Sarah, the median house price growth, what has been happening? What's been going on over the last 12 months? 
Oh, it's been so exciting seeing the growth in this area. Uh, There's been a really big range in and around the Bateman Space CBD area. There have been some increases up 35%. But when you're looking more so out at the real beachside suburbs in and around our area, Malua Bay, uh, Browlee, a lot of those areas have seen increases of 50% over the past 12 months. We've had a few properties that actually have sold within a 12-month period that have doubled what they paid for the property Enjoy your morning coffee. It's your real estate weekend podcast in review. Is there too much, do you think, being made right now of the raising rates environment? This balance seems to be missing in a lot of the commentary out there. I think people have seemed to have forgotten that the reason why rates were at emergency lows was because it was an emergency and we had that cash rate of just 0.1%. So the reserve cut the, you know, cut the cash rates, interest rates fell because of that to protect the economy and to protect uh, homeowners, mortgage holders at the time. And now that we're sort of starting to see those interest rates increasing, in my personal opinion, there seems to be a lot of alarmist commentary out there when rates are actually moving off an emergency low, which is a good thing. And Nicola, just how important is it for new borrowers right now in the moment in time that we find ourselves to be financially stress tested by the banks to build in, I guess, a little bit of that safety net? Exactly. I mean, banks, you know, the banking system in Australia is is very robust. And the reason why it is that way is because uh, borrowers are always, you know, stress tested when when they're going for a loan on a percentage that's much, you know, an interest rate that's much higher than the current, the rate that they might be paying. And that's generally two to three percentage points higher. So anyone who probably got a loan in the last couple of years was probably, you know, banks were probably using an interest rate of about 5% at least to to determine, um, you know, their serviceability. So that's why I believe that some of the alarmist reporting that's out there in the headlines is not really reflective of the good work that lenders have done over the last, you know, two years to ensure that borrowers can afford the mortgages that they're taking on. How relative is the RBA at this moment of time with a maximum interest rate of, of around 5 to 6% within two years compared to historical averages of years gone by? We have actually been in a quite a, a low interest rate environment all the way back to the GFC, so 2008, um, which is a long time ago now, you know, 14 years we're talking about. So we actually have had reasonably low uh, interest rates from that period of time, around about, you know, anywhere from sort of 5 to 7% prior to COVID. You're probably, you know, pretty happy if you had an interest rate that had a three in front of it, a three or a four, you know, that was a pretty good interest rate. So we have actually been in an elongated period of of low interest rates, with around about 5% being the norm, which many of us were paying uh, pre-COVID. So we're heading back perhaps to a period that we were in prior to the pandemic hitting our shores. So that's why it's important for people to have some perspective on where we were before versus the fact that the cash rate needs to increase to go off those emergency lows. And it certainly seems like that the interest rate rising cycle will probably, possibly, even out around about the 5 to 6% uh, mark. It's your Real Estate Weekend podcast in review. And it seems it's all happening in Perth, the spot to be if you want your property sold quickly and without a fuss, seven days. Some areas are actually really still red hot in demand in Perth and it's not happening across the board, but the areas that are really in demand tend to be the lower end of the market and they are selling really quickly. 
Yeah, well, we've got the median selling time of 15 days. So what has been happening in Perth from where you sit over the last couple of months with everything that is going on? We've got a very, very tight rental market, as is, as is the case in many parts of Australia. Our, our vacancy rates, some are around about 1% and our rents are rising very strongly. So that, that's pushing tenants into the market, along with investors actually getting, for the first time, some reasonable yields on their on their purchase. And Perth prices, the, the average yield is around about 4.4% growth. So it's about the second highest in Australia. So very strong yielding. And what's happened, though, is we were having a, a real patchy boom. So we've seen areas like Cottesloe just leapfrog, top end of the market, leapfrog, two, three, four hundred thousand dollars in each sale and just all of a sudden put on somewhere between 15 and 20 percent in a very short period of time. That then has a knock-on effect to other markets. And now it's hitting the lower end of the market. And some sectors like, you know, the Kingsleys of this world, which are just average type areas, well located, built in the sort of the 80s and 90s, but they're around median house price or slightly above. They are really being bought up really strongly and there's buyers waiting for those properties. And you're anticipating a recession, I saw, within the next 18 months, but you are predicting Perth property prices would fare a great deal better than the eastern states. So tell us a little bit more about your thinking in that respect for Perth. Yeah, well, I mean, Perth went into the GFC, the equal highest housing prices in Australia. They were equal to the Sydney median at that stage, which is around $500,000. So hence, we went into about six or seven years of real financial pain after that because we were well and truly overvalued after the commodities and resources boom that we had in the, in the late 2000s. Longer term, Perth should be somewhere around about the fourth highest. It tends to sit in that sort of level. Now, to get back to fourth highest from where we are at the moment, we need an increase in value of just over 20% just to get back into fourth place, which is what they call a reversion to mean. So we go into this downturn. When I want to say downturn, doubling of interest rates doubles the cost of housing and decreases borrowing capacity significantly for, for all buyers or all owners. And so therefore, it has to have a detrimental effect on prices over the time. We've seen this happen two or three times before. We'll probably see it happen again. But Perth housing prices at the moment, if you look at the Reserve Bank formulas and you put in the stats into the Reserve Bank formulas, uh, it shows Perth housing prices currently about 10% undervalued. And just before I let you go, Gavin, uh, some are forecasting WA's strong market conditions are going to last for some time, largely fuelled by the state's strong economy. Yeah, well, it's going to be really interesting to see because when we had the economy firing on all cylinders before, we had very strong international migration into Australia, into into sorry, into Western Australia. And then we stopped our international students. We've only just, the state government's just allocated just over $40 million to attract international students again. So we're back in that game. And on top of that, we are in a position where as the migration moves in, if we've got the jobs, people move for work, weather, weddings, or you could argue wellness as well, well, we've certainly got the jobs and the high paying jobs. So that's going to be on the radar screens of migration. So I'd expect as migration picks up in Australia, and it was the biggest business prior to the pandemic, as migration picks up in Australia and Perth standing in good stead, I think we'll see probably above average numbers of people coming into Perth, which just could be the X factor that drives Perth a bit longer than otherwise would have been driven. Enjoy your morning coffee. It's your real estate weekend podcast in review. Well, it's interesting, Craig. Um, A lot of them wanted to come back, but they couldn't get back because they were stranded. 
the trend for, for long-term residents returning used to fluctuate anywhere from around 10 to 15,000 a month. But obviously during COVID, it plummeted, you know, to just a couple of thousand. And, you know, a lot of expats love living overseas. But, you know, I think with COVID, it was just, you know, the call of home was pretty strong and they really wanted to come back, but they couldn't. How many of the expat Australians have now left and returned back overseas? Because one thinks that there's more that maybe have left. Well, that's right. I mean, we call it the boomerang departure. And, and you know, since COVID-19 pandemic really hit, we've seen quite a surge in the number of people going back back overseas. The actual numbers of long-term residents returning over the, the six months to April 2020, about 107,000 long-term residents went back overseas. And for a number of reasons. So that's quite a large number. So think about that number of people coming into Australia, 107,000, and then moving again. That has quite a dramatic impact on the rental market and, and the property market as well. We've seen that um, a lot of, have decided to go back and they, they expats love living overseas because it's a much more favourable tax environment. Like if you're a worker in Singapore, you're only paying 15% tax. So a lot of expats uh, say, oh, look, I'm just going to go and do my job for about three to four years and they end up staying 10 years or 15 years and having their kids over there or, and they often come back for senior school. It's a very common pattern that we see with the expat market. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. Thank you.